Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there. I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammate Aliyah Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today, we're kicking off our month-long Power Moves series to celebrate my upcoming book, Power Moves, How Women Can Pivot, Reboot, and Build a Career of Purpose. Power Moves is currently available for pre-order until its release on May 19th, 2020. And if you pre-order now, you can also receive companion resources like the Power Moves playbook, audio links to the intro and chapter one, and even a 50% off coupon code that you can use on any Career Contessa online course. The overall value of these companion resources is more than $300, but you'll get them for free when you pre-order. Just go to powermovesbook.com to see all the details and order today. Our first episode of our Power Moves series focuses on the topic of self-care. We're going to go over why self-care is important and three self-care power moves that you can do today. And stick around for Dear Career Contessa, our listener advice segment where we answer your career questions, starting with what are some strategies you have for dealing with a coworker who is defensive? Plus, we also share some helpful resources you won't want to miss. And now, this is The Females. I think everyone is pretty familiar with the topic of self-care. I mean, if you just go on Instagram, (laughs) you'll be bombarded. It's almost become that buzzword that people kind of use as a joke, I feel like. Plus, I think many people have also taken the quarantine period to refocus on self-care, which is great because I think they truly are kind of getting the idea of like wellness related to it. One of my favorite things about self-care is that it comes in so many different forms and it's really up to you and and what makes you specifically feel renewed. Like I love that Mm -hmm. it's so unique. Yeah. I mean, the concept of self-care has definitely taken off in the past few years. Um, I have this stat here. It's according to the Global Wellness Institute, the global wellness market in 2019 was valued at $4.2 trillion, which was up 12.8% from $3.7 trillion in 2015. And it's only expected to continue growing. So it's a massive, like it's an industry now. It's like as soon as there was that label on it as like the self-care wellness, it's like, let's make that a product. Yeah, let's make some money on that. Yeah, I feel like there's so much out there now and you're like, okay, is this $90 like face roller self-care or is it actually like, you know, it's it's so... 
have you Weird. seen Shrill on Hulu? Yeah. Okay. That so whole convention one. Yeah. So if you guys haven't watched Shrill on Hulu, I highly recommend it. It's really good. And in season two, she goes to, well, I won't give the whole thing away, but mm-hmm. basically she goes to this like quote unquote women's conference. And like, <laughs> I forget what they're selling her, but it's like $150 for like bath gels or something. Mm-hmm. I forget what it is exactly, but I completely agree. And I also think that the other thing, cause I get a lot of emails in our inbox about like promoting stuff that is like, you know, pills to help you focus Mm -hmm. better. And like, they're throwing that into self-care too. So like vitamins are being thrown into self-care. So you have this weird mix of like wellness, health, medicine, and it's all under this umbrella of self-care, which is, yeah, I I mean, it's not shocking why it's a confusing term and why some people are like, I'm so overhearing that. Yeah. But I mean, like you were saying, the reality is it comes in so many forms where you don't really need to spend anything, you know, it could be really up to you and how you approach it. So that's why on today's episode, we're discussing why is self-care important and two, three self-care power moves you can do today. So let's get into it. So we all know that self-care is good, but why exactly is it good for you? Mm -hmm. So there's actually several benefits. For one, it decreases your stress levels. That's good. Mm -hmm. It leads to a boost in your immune system, which is especially good right now. And it's actually incredible for your overall emotional health, which is another one of those like health terms that people Mm -hmm. never talk about. Everything was rolled under health. But now, you know, you do want to think about your mental, physical, and emotional health as sort of these three separate areas and making sure you're quote unquote feeding all of them. Yeah. It feels like it's not scientific to like take a rest day and you'll actually feel better. But like there's science backing with decreased levels of cortisol that it really does help your immune system. And like, you'll feel physically better, not just mentally better. I think if you've done this, then you can like relate to it, right? Like if you've had time where you've walked away from a project and maybe worked on something else, my example of this all the time is too, is like if you work in front of a screen and you're trying to like force creativity, it just doesn't happen like that. And so I I know I'm thinking of self-care like very work related, but it's the idea of like, if you aren't bringing your best self to work then or to life, then you aren't going to make your best decisions. You aren't going to be able to, you know, you're not sleeping right. And all the benefits that go with that, then like, how's that going to impact all the other things that you do in your day? So it's interesting because it always comes back to like this self piece, right? That's mm-hmm. taking care of yourself, thinking about, and again, that's not just like the physical health. Yes, exercise is great. Or like doing yoga is great, but like your mental, emotional, and physical. Mm-hmm. And it it sounds pretty basic when we explain it, but if you look at your typical workday, once you're kind of set into your routine, if you're like, for example, at an office job where you're like sitting a lot, you have to really recognize the moments where you can fit in self care sometimes because it, it does seem like, oh yeah, I go to sleep every night, but it's like, are you getting quality sleep? Yeah, like it seems basic, but it does require some thoughtfulness too. I remember too, I interviewed these women for a summer school episode, which we can put in the show notes. And it was about how to bring mindfulness to work. And we talked about kind of like why mindfulness like is so important. And they were saying that like stress... So it's not just like being stressed is bad. It's the fact that like being stressed for long periods of time. And, and what happens is it's like we become like functional stress addicts, mm-hmm. right? We're also used to being able to function at that level that it just feels normal to be kind of like on high alert all the time. But stress can actually manifest, like long-term stress can manifest into like a ton of health 
mm-hmm. problems later on. So this is stuff that you do need to think about, not just because you're stressed for one day or two days, but because you don't want to get heart disease down the road. You know, like, and yeah. that's like an extreme example, but I'm just pointing out that one of the things that happened to me is like, I noticed maybe like two years ago, I went through like this extreme period of stress. And I'm, I was very much like a, just put your head down and work harder, like work through it. Mm -hmm. And I started to like lose my hair again. Like I think the wake up call for a lot of people about self care is when it starts to impact you physically. Yeah, you definitely. don't have to let it get that far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and you it's literally have to lose your hair over this. It's a lot harder to start calming down. Like once you have the physical, because like I also had like I would break out in like hives basically, and then I was like, okay, it's a lot more difficult for someone to tell you to like just rest or de-stress when you have like a physical sensation going on, and you're just yeah. stressed now about that and stopping that. So it's like definitely a preventative thing, but I also like, I agree. It's a tough thing to think about when it's so long-term, but self-care also makes you more productive, which studies have shown that self-care leads to increased focus and concentration. And I like this one. It also makes you more nurturing towards others because you're less fogged up with your own stress and anxiety. And I feel like that's what people tell you about like relationship advice where they're like, you have to focus on you before you can like really help anyone. So it's true. But also Stress and anxiety, or especially anxiety, is contagious. So, like, if you have kids, if you have coworkers, if you have anybody in your life, a partner, which a lot of us do, even if you're working from home right now, like, it can be contagious. But you know what else is contagious? Like, people who are calm, people who are like emotionally stable. So, like, mm-hmm. it's also one of those things where I've I've been thinking a lot about, like, okay. A friend of mine was over the other day, socially distant. We like sat <laughs> far away from <laughs> each other, and we were talking about like how do you have influence? Like what Mm -hmm. makes people, some people have influence and some people like want to be attracted to that person. And one of the things we talked about was like these like calm demeanors that you want to be around. Right. And so I was thinking about that. Like when's the last time you were like, I love being around the person who's always super anxious. Like, Mm -hmm. so another thing to think about is like, it makes you more nurturing toward others, but it also makes you a person that other people want to be more around. And so like, I don't know, I think that's kind of a twofold thing because one's about like influence in the workplace. I was like, I never thought about it like that, but <laughs> there's just another win for self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely, it's like when you see the calm, like more, even maybe like the more quiet people, you're like, what does that person have to say? <laughs> like, I yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, so after this quick break, we'll go over our three self-care power moves that you can make today. So our first self-care power move is to practice moments of mindfulness. And what I mean by that is moments throughout your day where you're fully present. So this could be stopping at you know the stop sign out on your walk or and repeating a mantra while you breathe or even just going for that walk for 10 minutes is definitely a moment mm-hmm. of mindfulness. Another um, idea someone gave me once is anytime you pass under a door, so when you're in a doorway, stop and have a moment of mindfulness. So I think one of the things for me about mindfulness is it always felt like I had to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes. That's mm-hmm. definitely something people can work their way up to. You could start with just moments. Another thing that I will do, uh, just because I'm working from home, it's easier for me to go outside, but I'll sit out in my backyard and I will try to have a moment where if I hear something, like concentrate on the sound. Like, is Mm -hmm. that a leaf? Or a leaf? Is that a tree (laughs) uh, rustling? uh, The leaves move too. Um, (laughs) Is that a bird sound? So that's something I would really recommend is like, 
can you put it on your, you know, list of things you want to do today, which is like, have like four moments of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I like live right by a main street and I don't have like, I guess like an outdoor space. So I do kind of a similar thing, but it's with way more like city noises. (laughs) Like, I mean, sometimes it's really frustrating. There's a lot of sirens. There's a lot of like crazy stuff going on, but I sometimes just listen to like cars and stuff because my uh, bedroom faces like close to the outside street. So it's the same thing. I think make do with what you have, do. Yeah. <laughs> Realizing what you have. People who live in New York where there were like sirens all the time, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe it's like lighting a candle and saying focus on the candle. And even when the sirens go by, like you still focus. So like the whole idea, you guys too, what I've learned about mindfulness is that it's not about like how long you do it or if your brain like, you know, goes jumps to the future or the past. The idea is that whenever your brain is jumping around, you say, okay, we're not jumping around and you go back to just being present on that one thing. There's obviously a ton of apps that you can use to help you get started with this. But again, like self-care doesn't actually have to cost anything. You you certainly can buy things to help with it. But this was one of the things for me that I have also would recommend like if you can create a little bit of a ritual around it. So I know we just had a podcast on rituals, but maybe like you know, put down, like, I know Mason talked about putting like his hood up on his sweatshirt. Like you could also do something like that. You put your hood up, you have your moment of mindfulness and then you go back to it. So I would say practice that. I also think it'd be really interesting if you did this practice for 30 days straight Mm -hmm. and you talked about any impact it had on your life. I'd be really curious about the before and after, which I think is more motivating for people to stick with it. Yeah, definitely. And just like a personal recommendation, I used Headspace before. I think they have free and like you can pay for a premium account or something. But I think they have some free options. And it's a good just like intro to if you're just completely new to um, yeah meditation or like mindfulness stuff. So yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Okay. Our second self-care power move is to complete your stress cycle. So in their book, Burnout, The Secrets to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, Dr. Emily Nagowski and Dr. Amelia Nagowski argue that we lead lives humming with stress, but we never complete this like quote unquote stress cycle. So here are five ways that the Nagowskis recommend that you can de-stress and complete that cycle. So one is social interaction, two is laughter, three is affection, four is crying, and five creative expressions. Also, I just want to point out for social interactions and some of you are probably like, but I can't do that right now. You can also have like a virtual Zoom or a Mm -hmm. hangout or something too. It doesn't have to be in person. It's just more like the interacting with another person. So Mm -hmm. yeah, just want to put that (laughs) rule out there is a little (laughs) flexible. The other part about this I really liked is have you ever had like a really good cry and you're like, Mm -hmm. I just needed to cry that out and you're like, why do I feel better? Now I have like actual proof on why you feel better because you're completing your stress cycle. And the idea behind the stress cycle, you guys, that they found is that partially the way to get out of stress is to feel safe then. And so all of these things help you kind of get to a place where you feel safe and secure. And again, like out of that stress, like flight or flight situation, which was important back in the days when you were running from a bear, you know, or something <laughs> wild. Animal. But in everyday life, it's more like you got a, a weird email from your boss, right? Like that would bring out your like fight or flight like feelings. And it's important for everybody to think about when do I feel less stressed? Like what is it that I've done? And these are all really, again, like to complete that cycle, I would try all five of these and, and maybe w- which one kind of really puts you over the edge out of that 
stressful place. Mm-hmm. I feel like you feel when you've completed the stress cycle. Yeah. There's just like a like, okay, like I've accepted what happened or I'm just over it or, you know, and you just kind of move on. But it does feel nice to not like cut yourself short in that process and be like, you have to be okay right now. Yeah. No, I I actually think that's probably one of the, like, I know that's not a specific self-care tip we're sharing, but being not okay, being upset, not being happy is, is also okay. Like that's a good thing to be like, I'm not happy right now. And I'm going to feel that, right? I think there is a lot of... And I think this happens a lot to very much like perfectionists and high achievers and type A is that they don't want to sit with any discomfort. But the reality is that, you know, the Nagauskis say is like, you're humming with it. You're like, it's always there. So what would you rather have it like consistently there? Or would you like to like complete your cycle and and then be able to move on to something else? I mean, I'd rather Mm. the latter. Yeah, definitely. So our third and final self-care power move is to make or intake art. Art therapy is definitely a method to de-stress. Results of a 2016 study published in the Journal of the American Art Therapy Association found that just 45 minutes of creative activity can reduce your stress, regardless of the artistic talent. So you don't Mm -hmm. have to be a Van Gogh of any sort. So we're not saying you need to go to you know an art museum or buy tickets to the opera. Art therapy could include watercoloring, drawing doodles, coloring books, uh, which are fortunately now sold for adults. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have one myself, and it's not pretty, but you know <laughs> it gets the job done. Playing an instrument or just simply listening to your favorite music album. I think another thing that I've found to be, I mean, it's better if you have someone else to do this with, but like having games to play. So Mm -hmm. games that require you to like really be using your thoughts. So card games, dominoes, checkers, chess, like all that kind of stuff. I know some of the stuff you can play online if you don't have another person to play, but I think kind of the idea here is not to be in front of a screen. So these are all really good options and puzzles. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Puzzles are like definitely coming back. Which also I feel like there's, I've seen like such really cool puzzles that you can complete. And it's basically just art, you know? It's like really yeah. cool gradients or just like, I don't know, just really pretty illustrations where it, they literally look so good. It's not just like a landscape scene of a farm, which is, I feel like totally. what I always did when I was growing up. I would really <laughs> recommend this company called Jiggy, J-I-G-G-Y puzzles. Their puzzles are really cool. They're pretty. I think they even have ones that are for like women in history. And so like, talk about uh, like one of my friends just sent me one the other day and it's just a bunch of boobs. <laughs> it's like a puzzle <laughs> of a bunch of boobs, but it looks like art. So mm-hmm. anyway, check out Jiggy if you guys are looking for cool puzzles um, that are like, you know, hip and trendy. And I also think that as someone who doesn't know how to play an instrument, I've noticed another thing that my husband and I will do sometimes at the end of the day is like, we'll just sit in a room and like listen to music. You know, there's something really nice and soothing about that. But it's also a great way to move from your workday to like your nighttime, your home. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I like own a record player for that reason. It's not the most practical, quickest way to listen to something, but it really just makes you listen to the entire album. Yeah. Like it's just a peaceful moment. And again, like all this like art stuff doesn't have to take a lot of time too. It's like, if you just doodle on a piece of paper, like everyone can doodle. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it was, just takes you out of your head a little bit and just makes you creative. 
Yeah. I mean, I experienced that like anytime we do anything for our website, you guys, Aaliyah knows this too. <laughs> like I have to draw it out, like literally draw it mm-hmm. out. It's not pretty. Sometimes I'm the only person who can follow it, but it really helps me think about what it's in my head and like put it down on paper. So then I can come up with whatever it is we're going to do. Again, not the fastest way of doing something, but I, I find that to be really helpful too. So try to fit in 45 minutes of creative activity into your week. I think the 45 minutes sounds like a lot. Maybe start with 15 minutes. You guys know from the other day, the 15 minute win. Start with the puzzle for 15 minutes. If you want to keep going with it, then go with that. All right. So let's recap. Our three self-care power moves are number one, practice moments of mindfulness. Two, complete your stress cycle. And three, make or intake art. Next up, we hear from you. Solve your problems. Welcome to Dear Career Contessa, the part of the show where we answer your questions. Remember, if you have a career question, you can submit it to us via DM on at Career Contessa on Instagram email us info at careercontested.com or leave us a voicemail at 844-FEMALES. All of that information is also included in the show notes. All right. So today's question came to us via DM on Instagram. And she said, what are some strategies you have for dealing with a coworker who is defensive? I felt like when I got that question, I was like... I was shocked that this like hadn't come up yet. (laughs) I know because... In general, it's difficult to deal with defensive people. But then when you're also in a professional setting on top of that, it's even more complicated. I also feel like in general, most people don't take feedback very well or they mm-hmm. struggle with it or they like automatically will offer explanations, which sounds defensive. So it's like, I also think most people probably fall into this camp as being categorized by their coworkers. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say the number one thing dealing with any sort of defensive behavior is to avoid pointing fingers or like using any sort of blame language. Maybe like the second person, like you did this. Even That's like a therapy. A You're never person. supposed to say you. <laughs> okay. I'm a therapist. So no. yes. <laughs> um, I just, yeah. Cause I think immediately when a defensive coworker hears that kind of language, they have their walls up more and they're more attuned to like, oh, this is an attack on me. (laughs) Yeah. I I think too, like I always use this analogy of like, if you start a sentence by saying, well, you know, you did this or like, again, like placing blame, it's almost like you're throwing like this five pound weight at them and they're going to get ready to throw like a pound weight back. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that whether, and I agree, like they shouldn't, but the point being is like, the start of the conversation when you know it's going to be maybe a touchy subject or when you are getting critical feedback is going to be challenging. So definitely you want to add positives to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you like about what you know they did on a project? I always remember um, this thing called the compliment sandwich, which is you start by saying something really positive. Then you would give specific feedback. So if you think the person is really defensive, they also might just be trying to clarify. And the way they're trying to clarify is coming out like they're defensive. Alicia Menendez's book, The Likeability Trap, she talks about this. And women specifically don't get as much specific feedback. And when they do ask for specifics, they're usually labeled defensive. And so one of her tips is to say, um, when someone's giving you feedback that you don't understand, instead of being like, you know, uh, maybe 
explain why you did or did not do that, you can say compared to whom, and then they can give you examples. So that's, I guess, more of a tip for the other person. But Mm -hmm. going back to the compliment sandwich, you start with something positive, then you give the person specific feedback, leave out the (laughs) use, the pointing fingers, and end on something positive. And I think just to stay focused on the subject at hand, like if this is a, you have some sort of constant issue with this coworker, maybe they're consistently not you know, keeping up their part of the project or something, start bringing up things from like last year and like, you know, yeah, past now. Um, it's definitely like data for you, you know, it's so you're, I don't know, you're providing like facts, evidence, but I wouldn't like start, I don't know, just getting off topic if it's not actually conducive to what you're talking about. I think that is a great tip because I think oftentimes it's sort of like you're coming down the mountain and instead of just like staying in your lane, you're like, you're going to like collect everything that you can as you come down, right? Like you're coming down on this person and now you're, you're throwing it all in. And that's just, it's not helpful. And also like, that's when those conversations are very much like, well, we started here. How did we get to there? Right. We've all had those, whether this, this is a partner or somebody you work with. I also think it's a great leadership quality to be able to, start a conversation and have like a positive resolution with like within the same kind of time frame or you know conversation because leaders need to be able to solve problems and like move on and like go get to the next thing so also i would say be thoughtful about when you are like for this person who thinks that the coworker is always getting defensive be really thoughtful about how are you giving feedback cuz you have more control over your own actions than you do other people so and if you need help we actually have this awesome online course it's called critique crash course and in it we teach you how to effectively give which is really important and receive feedback so that you can you know really continuously grow and improve your career and your team so if you're a manager this you know being able to give feedback in a way that somebody else can actually take it and and make changes is is really valuable too Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. And don't forget to pre-order your copy of Power Moves before May 19th so you can get more than $300 worth of companion resources for free. Just go to powermovesbook.com. And we've also linked that in the show notes.